special guest. We have Jaylene with us. Hello, Jaylene. Hi there. Welcome. Good morning, morning. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about local music talent in Jacksonville. Um, but before we get to it, let's start with our local current event. Oh, there you go. Actually, most of it is not even local. Most of it is not even local. So there's that. What do you have for us today, Miss Ja? Um, so one of the first things I have is I was I always go on Apple News because I have an Apple iPhone, you know, oh, well, there right? you go. and okay. it always pops up Apple News. So mm -hmm. one of the things I saw recently um, with like everyone being in touch with like their emotions and things like that is this whole new movement about gaslighting. Do you guys know mm -hmm. what gaslighting is? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so gaslighting is a manipulation tactic um, often wielded by emotional abusers gradually makes you question your own judgment, feelings, memories, and reality. Well, so, I, I think that's what it is. So basically the person makes you think you're going crazy even though really even though you know what uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, but then you start to doubt that. Then you start to doubt what you know, right? So do, do, do I really know that? Do I right. Really did I really just see that or right. or did I not or, like, or you know, you're crazy. Right. Um, <laughs> right. On the option. You feel like you've been gaslit? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I felt like that. I'm like, hold on. Yes. Was that? Yes. Oh, you know, so it'd be like that. And then, and then your question is, why am, why am I here? Why am I? Right. Yeah. Wait, what? Right. Didn't I just? Wait, what? Yeah. And why did I spend time on you? Right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that's what it always leads and that's to. That's the, the emotional part, the time and the emotion that you're, you know, which of course prevents you from wanting to do that again now when we're talking about emotional abusers do you think they know they're emotionally abusing you mm. do you think they know they're gaslighting you i mean they, they must know they're lying at that point right they because you're actively telling the lie. lie i mean well gaslighting is the term we give it now and i don't know if that was really the term people didn't use that before right that was a term we've come up with in the 21st century so what did they call it when people, because I'm sure, I'm sure people did. I mean, people have been doing it for a long time. Um, what is sitcoms in the seventies? What, <laughs> what the article says is that people who cannot authentically argue their point of view or stand behind their words turn to gaslighting as a tool. Oh. So people who lack effective communication skills basically are gaslighters because they can't control the conversation. They try to control the situation. Wow, this has repercussions for everything right now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes you think about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. If, if you, you think about if you can't support your argument, yeah. 
can't support your argument, I'm going to make you look like you're crazy. Uh Like, I'm wrong, but let's make you look like you're crazy. And I said for the longest time, uh, people that are pointing their finger at other people, groups Uh of people, whatever, they're probably guilty of that thing. They want to blame other people instead of just... Yeah, yeah, deflect from you. Exactly. Exactly. Which leads into my next question um, of deflection and people with secret children. Like, how are you... (laughs) So... You know me, you know I love my uh, love and hip-hops and my reality my shows. Well, real, only two real, of them, real, real, only Housewives of Atlanta, Atlanta. Are the only one, and yes. then all the love and hip-hops. I do all of those, yes. every single one of those. <laughs> I do, I do New what? York, no, I do no, Hollywood, no Miami. No, I love Big Brother. I don't do yeah, that. I'm, I'm See, I'm old enough to remember the original Real World on MTV. I used that to watch Real World. Real yeah. World. And Real World. The first one was the best, and then the season, it was either season was it season two or three that was in San Francisco with Pedro and Hey DJ Rugrat? Uh, they were all <laughs> shout they, out. They were the best because they didn't know it was brand new mm-hmm. and people weren't acting, right? You know, um, so that's why I watch a lot of YouTube is because it's real. It's not set. Yeah, up. Mm-hmm. there's yeah. people really. See, that's the real stuff back in what it is oh, yeah, now. Now yeah. just scripted, and now hey, you do this, do that. It's just well, there, everything it is, scripted is. Now. the stuff that you think like with oh, perfect example. You know the um. The show, uh, I can't, I can't say names because they'll get in trouble. But the show that is, um, house, is it House Hunters International or whatever it is on HBO? Yes, yeah, yes. So I have a friend mm-hmm. who, uh, they were doing a thing and they were going to buy a house in in Iceland, and they went and they did the thing. And and when they called me and told me, okay, it's on, you need to go watch it. I called him back and I said, can I say whatever I want to say on this? Is this open? Yeah, yeah, right. okay. yeah, go ahead. I said, because I said, okay, that was great, but why were you such a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, and, and I'm using they so that I don't give anything away. Right. And I said, well, I, it was good cop, bad cop, and I got the bad cop and I had to do that because neither one of them were like that. Oh. And, and they said, the really funny part was, is we already bought the house. We'd already owned the house before we ever did the thing. So it is, it's all set up. It's all scripted. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you think we're looking at these things. Okay. That. Exactly. And that's not what we're exactly. doing. Yeah, that's not what we're doing. So it's like, you can't believe what you see on TV. TV exactly. Yeah, most of the time, no. Nope. nope. All gonna come so out. we'll go back to the deflection thing. Yeah, so, so you... one of the Atlanta housewives was having a sip and see for her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and her. Sip and see. Yeah, a so sip. like, like a. A granddaughter like a, reveal. Like a baby reveal. Okay. Baby reveal. You know, with her... alcohol. Because it's for the adults, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a baby party. <laughs> she, for the right, but she wanted to reveal her first grandbaby. <laughs> so it was an all lavished out party. Yes, I mean, it was grand. Grandiose. Was it after 12 o'clock? The baby kept falling asleep. It started at 4. It started at 4. There were no other children at this thing, oh by the way. Oh, my God. Right. No other children but the baby. That's um, so The ex-husband <laughs> shows up with this grown woman, and everyone, and when they take the family picture, he brings her into the picture. So everyone's questioning, like, oh, my God, is that his new girlfriend? Mm-hmm. She looks really young. Right. And it turns out it's like his 28-year-old daughter that the ex-wife that he was with knew nothing about but she's been coming around the family, family. and she's been coming around the kids right. and hanging out with the kids but just the yes. ex-wife mm-hmm. never knew about that exactly so is that okay do we keep children hidden no he said they were, they were on a need-to-know basis and she didn't need to know uh-huh. i'm your <laughs> wife how do i not who is mad we have three you have other children. Home. right right i lost something I'll like that is insane to me yeah um, she was actually 27 years old. The child? The child, the new daughter. 27 yeah, years no, old. Yeah, he said, well, she came in a picture before them, so mm-hmm. she didn't need to know. Well, she said, 
she thought he only had two. Right. Because that's what he told her. I only got two kids. In nationality, you actually had three kids. Correct. Yeah, three kids. What about these people that have like whole separate families? You know, yes. That, that all of a sudden, I've seen Lifetime movies. Uh huh. <laughs> about that. Based on a true story. Based and, on a true story, though. And how do they? And how did they get? You, let me tell you what the the talk, talk about time management from earlier. The time management you have to have In to order be to able to juggle off. two families that never find out about each other. Correct. See, I, that's what I said. I've seen a movie Correct. about this because it was a guy. I know guys who can't handle two women, but well, two families. a whole family. Like he had a family in probably like a whole nother state. Then. Other families, a whole other state. So I guess when he say he going on a business trip, he actually yeah, going, going back to, the other to family, his other family. Other family thinks that he's on exactly. A so like, and you got kids too from that side. So it's just like, how are you judging a whole family? I like, guess the only benefit to being a Mormon is that they're all right there in one place. What if there's <laughs> some guy and he has seven wives and yet he has another place with him? Like, really, dude? How are you shout doing out, that? Shout out to the Mormons. Shout out to the Mormons. <laughs> and the Prophet Joseph Smith. Oh, hey. gosh. Because, you know, golden place. Yes, because, you know, Jesus came to Utica, New York also. It was the angel. No, no. It was oh, the, it was the angel. angel. That's right. On the rock. On the rock. On the rock. And gave yes. him the golden plates and yes. the glasses and the glasses to read the plates that nobody else that ever nobody saw. That nobody else saw. Correct. But I'm going to tell you what it said. Correct. Don't, exactly. Don't get me started. So shout out to the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> shout out. <laughs> they just started liking black people in like the 70s. So yeah, because now they, you. they came to the determination that black people had a soul. That yes. was really nice. So good for you, Mormon. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Thank you for seeing my soul. Thank you for seeing I appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> to the Mormon. Yeah. We can't drink coffee to the Mormons. We should have something we else. We should have something <laughs> a little bit harder for this yeah. right here. Mm. Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about again on my reality TV kick. Um, <laughs> she is a reality. Yeah, it all in. I am. Um, reinvention. What's that? So, you know, reinventing yourself. So there's one artist, uh, her name well. is Sugihana. Shout out Sugihana, who <laughs> had this whole reputation about being like this nasty rapper, like, you know, being peed on. She was getting dog walked not too long ago. Yeah. Just talking about eating ass and just. <laughs> yeah, she was yeah, all out there. Like, yes. her jaw off the floor right. and pick that up for you. Yes. Yeah. I, and then just, recently, you know, she just wants to reinvent herself as this classy. Okay. You know, so then my question is this. Was all of that just a show or was it real? Uh, well, we don't know yet. Uh -huh. We so, don't know yet. So she's trying to reinvent herself and, you know, she's been going on these press tours, but every time she goes somewhere, they just want to talk about her past. Of course. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, that's not me anymore. Let's not talk about that. I'm trying to present right. this uh -huh. new, sophisticated. Uh -huh. So name. that tells, okay. So all of that was done for publicity. Mm. And I'm just going to say that it's all done for publicity. Mm -hmm. And now she's like, well, you know, that maybe that was a bad, bad road to road, go down. Yeah. Too late. Right. <laughs> oh, now you got this, exactly now you got this image of oh, you yeah. everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everybody goes, no, yeah. but what are you no, just no. saying the other that Didn't you was? You? Yeah. Right. right. And that's right. what everyone's saying. Like, you know, basically, like, once and a hoe, always when, a hoe type yeah. situation. Yeah. And this is when the complete, you know, the population goes, and we're gaslighting you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See how I tied that together? Yeah. That's the way you do that. So the world is gaslighting you right now. But you can't, it's like, well, Paris Hilton. Yes. Okay. Paris Hilton comes out. She played the dumb blonde really well. Really, really well. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Uh, there's a there's a musical that there was a stage show, but then it was made into a movie. And Paris Hilton is in, it's called um, Repo the Genetic Opera. It is a horror movie musical opera. Mm. Okay. With Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton's in it. She sings. I, mm -mm, I don't even go there. Um, <laughs> Mm. Well, no, I, I heard her. Oh, she had a song yes. like back in the early 
2000. Well, one with a rapper or something. Yes. Well, she was buddies with Lionel Richie's daughter. Yeah, Nicole Richie. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, she's in this movie. Well, then all of a sudden, she tries to do the same thing. She wants to reinvent because all of this, everybody's poking fun at her. Well, yeah. yeah, you put a chihuahua in your purse. Of course, they're poking fun. Right. Yeah. You know? And it's all that. And so that's the same thing. And I get that. But I think rein, you know, there's reinventing yourself when you've done something. There's David Bowie reinventing himself every single record. There's Prince reinventing himself almost every single record, but still being himself. Same with David Bowie. But then you get people that like that, that you've you've done this thing. Mm -hmm. You've made this image of yourself. Right. You've created this narrative. Yeah. And now you want to change the story. And I don't, you know, even novels don't work like that. It takes time. And now, of course, people want to talk about the past and go, so did you really do blah? Well, right. you know. No, you put yourself out there. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, completely off topic. But <laughs> <laughs> we took a road trip to New York oh. for a funeral last weekend um and we stopped at a couple different mcdonald's oh my gosh and did you get to the one that charges charges for ketchup no yes which way did you go 95 yes there's one but uh, service was like hit or miss at every oh, yeah. fucking mcdonald's yeah, every it was terrible yeah because i had a bad experience on the way i was just so mad had my mouth so set up on the egg McMuffin. we wanted we just wanted breakfast we just the room. yeah and we got there it was like we put our order in i put my order in at, at the 55 on the app you know, breakfast ends at 11. Oh, yeah. We get to the window. It's our turn. But the bitch goes <laughs> to the next car. So I'm like, um, excuse me, we're running out of time. And she gets to us. It's like 10.59. And she's like, oh, we're done serving breakfast. No, I'm picking up a breakfast order I put I, in. I ordered it before. I just right. right. Well, I'm sorry. I can't do nothing about that. Um, You guys already charged me. So go ahead with your thing because I, I have a commentary on this. No, so we were just like. You know, McDonald's, like, what is your, like, how are we serving customers here? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Y'all yeah. are one of the like, busiest places mm -hmm. in America. Right, making at them... that point, if you weren't going to accept the order, the action and allowed us to place the order. It said up until 10.59, and it was 10.55 when I placed the order. So you should still be able right, to. Exactly. If you walked into the restaurant it. and it was 10.55, they would still serve you breakfast because they don't. And if they say that, you say, well, your sign says, so make me an egg McMuffin. Correct. It's not like you don't have the materials to do it. So this is actually a more, uh, a, a broader subject that is about um, education and about people who we have we, we encourage kids to go into college and be, get an MBA and all right. that and then they end up working at McDonald's and now they have their bitter to the world um, y'all know who Mike Rowe is yeah. the guy who did dirty jobs oh yes, yes yes okay well now he has a new show called somebody's got to do it and mm -hmm. I, uh, I just recently posted on my Facebook page this video and he's doing this thing and it's at skills USA and skills USA is a competition but it, these are kids that come from the states. It's like like international lesbians uh, and theater. It's the same thing, but they're doing baking, they're doing cake decorating, they're doing welding. They're that's doing, cool. So and it's all skills that we need because we're not gonna have anybody right. do it because all this whole generation of kids has been told, oh, you need to go to college, right. and you're in debt for this. These kids go and do this competition, and they get a full ride to certain schools, to the culinary institute, to other things like that. This is brilliant, and I'm like, well, because we people need forget to do this. like. Those industries, those oh, yeah. quote-unquote blue-collar workers make the world go round. Do you know how much welders make right out of school? And I try, to tell, I try to tell kids that all the time. All the time. Like, you welders, guys are looking at the wrong kind of jobs. Like, I was telling them the other day, I was like, you know those people who stand on the corner and just count cars that go by? Uh -huh. Like, you know how much those surveyors make? Like Tons. Uh -huh. Welders make six figures right out of school. Uh -huh. And if you're willing to go where the jobs are, 
Mm-hmm. You so make more fun. than that because yeah. it is a skill that there's not being taught. the people that it's not. Well, it's being taught, but there's not anybody wanting to be taught. Mm-hmm. And so those skills are dying away and the people that are have t- taught them, they're dying away. So we need people because we don't have anybody to work on a car. We don't have anybody mm-hmm. to fix your air conditioner. It's why plumbers make so much money. I mean, on a grand you know? scale, like who's fixing our bridges? There you go. Right. And that's you what know? you need welders for is for all that infrastructure and all that kind of stuff. So these kids are getting that stuff. So when you go to McDonald's and there's somebody there, it's like they've settled for it. Mm-hmm. And they're they mad at the world. And they're mad at the world. And they don't care they about it. And attitude. that whole idea of service has gone. We have, we have completely lost that. Um, you know, the restaurants that I frequent are places I go because I, I've been going there and I know the people and I love the service. Right, right. They know me and, right. you know, um, my favorite sushi restaurant, I knew the family that owned it for 12 years. And they just recently. It's all, it's all about good customers. And I think that's it something is, that's lost is. too uh, that you mentioned is that sense of like family. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like oh, yeah. like knowing who's who works near you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go into that local restaurant, you know, people well, know your local, name and they know who you are and what thing. you want. I mean, yeah. you know, I grew up on North Side and we went to the restaurants that we didn't go to chains. We didn't go to yeah. Burger King every now and then. Maybe went Kentucky, to a local diner. We went to local, local places that we knew. The like I took her to my old neighborhood, and I was showing her like the stores that my apartment was on top of. Oh, and I'm like in New York, in New York yeah, and I was yeah. like, you know, I would walk down to the store, and they knew my mom, they knew my family. Like, you know, I would walk well, in. But in New York, and I could, and I could of, grab stuff and be like, put this on my mom's tab. Uh, They're like, your mom doesn't have a tab. And I'm like, well, tell her to pay when she sees you. <laughs> like, you but know, that's stuff like that. Because you have the boroughs and you right. have all the places where people right. do know. Yeah. People. You know, Jacksonville's not like Jacksonville's so spread, spread out. Yeah. Welcome, Mr. A. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome yeah. to the club. And that brings me to my point when um you talk about McDonald's thing. I don't know if y'all seen the video going around of Boosie was he was in the drive-thru line and he <laughs> was getting a sausage biscuit and he wanted jelly. And the girl was giving him a problem because he wanted extra jelly and they only gave him one pack of jelly. He was like and he wanted some more. He wanted two more yeah. packs and they act like they you know, yeah. like the pack of jelly, like they getting paid if you know they gonna lose money if they because they also they, have, they, go, they charge you for like sweet and sour sauce, uh-huh. barbecue sauce, uh, extra ranch sauce or and, something. You know, it's just years like, ago, I mean, I did food service for a long time. When I was right, younger, right. And one of the best places I worked for, ironically, uh, was I worked for Applebee's. Mm-hmm. And but the Applebee's I worked for, Applebee's was a franchise, but you had to open like five stores as mm-hmm. a franchise, not just one. And uh-huh. the one when I worked for them, they were owned by a company called Apple South. They don't exist anymore. But anyway. They um one of their rules was do not nickel and dime the customer. And mm. that's called nickel and dime yes, the customer. Yes. And look here, you want to drive people okay, maybe you are McDonald's and you got the biggest you you're the big you know, you and mm-hmm. Burger King and you're the Oh my god, this is so interesting, y'all, but <laughs> because I am sitting here with two teachers. So you former teachers. Former teachers, sorry. Let me get that right. <laughs> but I just gotta ask you guys, have you guys seen about the drunk teacher? Yes. Did y'all see that? I have yes. not. I oh my god. Teacher. Did y'all Somebody see? Somebody sent it to me and I laughed so hard. I was oh like, my god. Was so apparently the first day, school, first, day first day of school. This was in yes, the first day, even first day, day of day. school. Day this was in Oklahoma. Okay. Her name was Kimberly Cope, 53. Was she white? Uh huh. She was. So that's not the best part. No, no, no. I see. I just seen a video. I was just scrolling on TikTok, of course. I seen. I'm like, what's that? And then I seen it on the news and stuff. So apparently, first day of school, the teachers all had the shirts on, took a picture. Da 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 da. So they said she was normal. The 
the first day of, you know, the morning when they took the picture and stuff. But then she started acting strange. As the day went on. As the day went on. That liquor started to set in. <laughs> Girl, let me tell you. Because the video, you, you'll just have to see the video. Oh, hold on. I'm looking at the video right now. Go ahead and look at the video. Oh. But it's gonna come out that way. It gets better. Uh huh. Two times the legal women. Yeah. She was stressed. This is a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> they found alcohol in her classroom. My juice. <laughs> Look, I'll, she said that's my Capri Sun. I want to try again. <laughs> okay, we're laughing, but you know what? 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 Why did she? Yeah. First day of school. Yeah. Yeah. She so said, she arrested. Put your hand behind your back. She didn't want her. She didn't even want her. The thing about it, she didn't even oh, want her. She didn't even want her husband because he was like, "You want to call somebody?" Like they gave her a chance at the chair. Like if you really look at it uh-huh. at the beginning, they really gave her a chance. Hey, you want to call somebody to come get you because we're not letting you drive off home or whatever. Yeah. So she didn't want to call her husband. That's he said. You got any other body well, to, to call? She was like, "No, I don't want to call nobody." So he was like, "Well, she definitely has a problem, right?" Because he asked, he was like. What's going on? Why yeah. you, you know? But she really didn't say much. So, are is it that bad at home, or is it bad at you know, like, is it a mental but issue for you when, to? When I was in third grade, I had a teacher. And she's not around anymore, but I'm still not going to say her name. She had a <laughs> she had a mason jar on her desk mm-hmm. that was water, water. Okay. And, <laughs> but my friends and I, we were like, "There's gin in that." <laughs> Because by the time the afternoon came, she was a lot nicer than she was in the morning. She was a lot friendlier. She was a lot friendlier. (laughs) And she would sit at her desk like this and she would give us something to do and she'd sit there like this and all of a sudden her eyes would go and she'd be, I mean, we literally saw her do this one time and all and she pops back up and I'm like, Mm. I'm only in third grade, but I'm thinking, (laughs) that's not right. That's not (laughs) right. That's not right. But on the other hand, now, not in her defense, but why, why did you think that you had to Right, that on was gonna be on the first school. door of school. Like, Come where May, you, I understand right. completely. But she, <laughs> had, she was apparently she had her cup. Like, I guess she was driving to school with that wine. Like, hey, let me go because I already know. Like, oh my god, was it something at the house? Are you now already see, knew your day was gonna see, be fucked right, up you know, that's or what? The first rule you're breaking because you should never drink and drive because yes. you may hit a bump and spill your drink. Yes, and that's called and that's alcohol a problem. abuse. Yes. That's a party foul. That right. is a party foul. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. That is called alcohol abuse. We don't do that. We don't abuse alcohol. Yeah. Not but at that's all. good. I, I, I saw it. I, you, yeah. So that's why I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, is it that bad that you, you know? Well, my, that's the side of family I get my smart asses from. Mm-hmm. I know. But, but my uncle, man, he said something to my grandmother in bed, bedridden, colostomy, all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And she's like, don't you make me get up out of this bed. I'll take you across my knee. And you know what? She I really think she would have. She would have. Like, she would have. Put she in this extra effort. And yeah. my mother will do it now to <laughs> Over the phone, don't make me come up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah but like it's that. true. But you know, it, it is a thing about teaching kids respect, and they don't have it. Yeah. And and the fact that you're older, you've seen stuff. Mm-hmm. And these kids that think that they know everything, it's like okay, 
Right. Yeah. I just let you go because I've been there and that's I know it. that. I'm, I'm going to let you learn on your own. So that's probably why she had a couple of, couple of bottle of wine probably, before she went to school. Yes. So that's, that's really yes. what I want. And then I also want to shout, being that it's supposed to be a music topic, we just, you know, talk, <laughs> we're, we're, we're just all over the place right now. We're, 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 Oh, okay. Well, well, being that it's music, I just want to shout out. Um, it is the anniversary of Aaliyah's death. She has been oh, there right. since yes. uh 22 years, 2001. Yes. Rest in power. I feel like if she was alive today, she would be like she'd be killing it. If killing she was alive the scene. today, she'd be going on. I'm so sorry, I made Queen of the Game. Right. Um, <laughs> also, yeah. Because uh, I, I was a huge, I was a huge Anne Rice fan, and I read all the Vampire Chronicles, and I loved Queen of the Damned. And right. when the movie came out, oh, cool, you know. Right. And then I'm like, and Aaliyah was beautiful. She and was I'm like, beautiful. Oh, she's going to she be was so not good. That great of an yeah. No, but that's okay. She she's been rested. in yeah. the story. She'd yeah. been a statue for thousands of years, so it's okay. Um, but she, when they did the movie, it was like, this is not even close to, to the book. book. Yeah. They tried to combine two things, and I'm going, oh my no. gosh. And then of course, right after that, and then she dies, and I'm like, no oh, chance of redemption. Yeah. No yeah. chance of redemption. Because it's you know the only thing came from that that was good was the soundtrack. I mean, yeah. It was speaking of soundtracks. Yes. Talk about your music. Okay. All right. Tell us. Are you done with current events? Yeah. Are you done? Yeah. Yes. That was it. That was the (laughs) second one. That was just the lead off. I led it up to the after the lead off. I brought it right on in. Yeah. Speaking of soundtracks. Yes. Soundtrack to your life. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, there's so many that are soundtracks to my life. I actually got to meet Alan Parsons one time. I told him, I said, you're the soundtrack to my life. I grew up listening to Alan Parsons. I mean, he. For people who don't know, who's Alan Parsons? So Alan Parsons was, he worked for EMI Records at Abbey Road Studios. He was an engineer. He worked with the Beatles. Uh, He started his own band uh, called the Alan Parsons Project with a guy named Eric Wolfson. Uh, He is the man who engineered Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, among other things. And part of the reason it sounds so good is because of the stuff that he did. And I just respect him and the the sound of his music is amazing and, and the stuff that he does and I actually got to meet him one time and that was really cool and he, I just told him I said you know you're kind of the soundtrack to my life but I mean that, that's just one of those few things that I have been influenced by okay. so I mean there's so many uh, I was very fortunate to grow up in a time where music radio was not as segregated as it is now. Uh. you know back then uh, and I, I've told you this story so I haven't told you this story um, my so my father listened to mostly country music and I joked and said my mother listened to city music, which it was pop. Right? Mm-hmm. So for my dad, I get country artists like, you know, um, George Jones and Charlie Rich and things like that. But one of the albums that my dad had that I loved the most was uh, Ray Charles Does Country Western. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest albums. Because number one, Ray Charles, you know, um, great musician, artist, heroin addict, but still great musician. Um, but still the stuff. Shout out did, Jamie Foxx. Yes. Cause Jamie Foxx actually got raised yes. approval to be yes. a movie and really played that stuff. He did. He, he played that. that. Yeah. that he did that. It's one of my yes. favorite films. And, um, so then my mom, on the other hand, is things like Jamie, you might be on our podcast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, she was like, you know, the carpenters and, and the stuff that was on pop radio. Mm-hmm. But my, my aunt, who had a lake house in Keystone, we had a jukebox and all the music on the jukebox. Y'all don't know what jukebox is. Look it up. Um, <laughs> we had a jukebox. Love a good jukebox. jukebox. <laughs> didn't have to put money in it, but we put stuff in it and we had speakers out on the beach mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And the, the songs that were on it were always the top 40. So, it was rock and roll. It was R&B. It was pop. Uh-huh. It was all that. My friends, I had friends that were headbangers. My uh-huh. first Kiss album I ever saw, my friend Garth had. Um, my friend David had uh, John Denver and Kansas and 
Um, and then my friend John had uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, which I got turned on to early, and I'm just so thankful for that because, God, what a great band that is. Um, Stevie Wonder, who I have the most admiration for, uh, the blind guy who on three or four albums did all the instruments, played everything. He's amazing. And he, you're like, oh, my gosh. And he's just – and the stuff he writes about, it's not just – fluff it's it's lyrical content it's got you know growing up i didn't identify with like stevie wonder music because i didn't understand the lyrics like they did like there were words that didn't make sense because i didn't have those experiences right um but but now now, but now that i'm a grown-up i'm like oh my god like this is a whole different world of music it's a whole different world of music and and that's my problem with music today is that the lyrical content isn't there they're not telling a story and I like telling stories. And, you know, Hemingway said, write what you know. So most of the stuff I write is about stuff that I know. And, um, uh, it, you know, but I was very fortunate in that. You I know, got, I that, yeah, but that was a conversation I was having with someone earlier, um, not earlier today, but like previously about music and how like back in the day, people were singing and rapping about the things they were going, going through. Oh, yeah. So it yeah. made the story authentic and legit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you could find a little piece that you identified well, when the with. first when the first rap thing happened, when uh, Sugar Hill Gang did um, Rapper's Delight, or was it Cypher Hill? Maybe it was Sugar. Anyway, they did Rapper's Delight, Bad Five Freddy, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember it. And they had this other, this other piece of music that was a hook, and it was on MTV. And I was just like, what is this? But it was what they were saying. So it's funny because people think that when, when I talk about rap, I don't talk about hip hop. I talk about rap because mm-hmm. it was NWA and Public Enemy right. and Beastie Boys and mm-hmm. Sugar Hill and all those guys. You know, Blondie came out with Rapture because she wanted to give credit to Fat Five Freddy and to all these guys. In fact, he's in the video and all that. But she's doing that. And they came out with stuff, but it was what they were saying. I mean, NWA, they, you know, and Public Enemy too, man. Public Enemy, mm. especially when they did 911's a joke and some uh, the, the content of what they were saying. So they're telling stories and they're now telling. Now you just have kids who are pretending. They're pretending. And, and it's not real. And it's just, the music yeah. is not authentic. Yeah. Well, and, and I told you this before. So you know the song uh, Gangsta Paradise by Coolio, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know where the song, the hook came from? No. Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise from Songs in the Key of Life. And then, of course, Weird Al did Almish Paradise, yeah. you know, the parody. I love that. But, but it's the same hook. And Pastime Paradise is this wonderful song by Stevie Wonder talking about how, well, it's like that futurist thing, you know, well, we should have flying cars now. Thank God we don't because people can't drive on the regular. Right. 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 But if we. Live like, back to the future till it, we're like 10 years behind. Uh-huh. But when you, when, he, when you listen to the song, it's like, oh, wow. So Coolio's thing was not that far from it, but he was taking it to the grit of the streets in that for that movie and um but it's brilliant because the storytelling is there it's one of the reasons i love snoop dogg number one he's hilarious but number two I, when i sing it now i have a completely different view of what, what? i wrote does that make sense yes okay so this is called um what do i have to be all righty homegirl exclusive you need to tell me if this is too loud or not. Gonna... Oh, we won't know until we play it back. Okay. Yeah. We're hoping it picks up. Well, if you think this is too loud, then you can come over here and turn the master volume down. Okay. Thank you. 
But the okay, so here's the thing the, the moral of the story is you should never be something for somebody else, mm-hmm. you need to be yourself so, at all times. And, and I think that a lot of people, uh, especially artists that write songs, they learn from it. You know, um, there's a, a great song by James Taylor, if you don't know who James Taylor is, look him up, uh, called Fire and Rain. And there's another song that he has called That's Why I'm Here. And in That's Why I'm Here, he talks about singing Fire and Rain. And he says, but that's why I'm here, because people come to hear Fire and Rain. So, I mean, I still do the song because some people can relate to it. Some people can't. Older people, especially, they're going, yeah, you should never be something for somebody else. I'm like, well, that's the lesson. Right. And so every time I play it, I'm just like, you know, I'm like, that's that's the lesson of the thing is so that, you know, you don't do that. You shouldn't do that. And the angst of the song is, is that, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that, you know. But right. It, but, but people still do. Oh, yeah. But people still do. And they don't know. People my, still do. My moniker back. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, like I, yeah, I mean, like, I've heard your stuff, but I've never heard you sing live. 
that oh, was, that's true. You haven't. No, I've never heard you sing that's, live. So that was true. that was really good. Well, I used to do that a lot. I mean, I played piano bars for a long time, and the piano bar thing was okay. The problem with this piano bar was that after a certain point, you become a human jukebox. Mm. I mean, you know, there was a night that a guy came in at 1.30 and the bar was, we had already done last call on the piano bar, part of the bar. And it was this huge, uh, giant complex of bars. It was a whole bunch of stuff. It used to be over on uh, St. John's Bluff and it was called Bourbon Street Station. Okay. And they had a, the Mardi Gras. Which Bourbon was, Street. I used to go there all the time. I played in the Blue Room. Really? Yeah. You I went in, there when I was... <laughs> early 20 you were younger let's yes i remember yeah. i used to love going to bourbon street so mardi gras was the big bar of the year mm-hmm. and there was the 80s bar well it was the 50s bar and then it was the 80s bar and then it was blue room and then there was the country bar in the back and then what they called the college bar back in the other thing. and they all played different music and um i i played there and like one night it was 1 30 we had already done uh, last call and this guy comes in and he's obviously been drinking the entire night and he's like hey man <laughs> Uh, you play Piano Man for my girl? And I'm like, dude, I played Piano Man six times tonight. Right, like. And he goes, and this is, but this is what happens when you're doing that because you become a whore because um, you're like, he's like, I'll give you 20 bucks. Like, sure, so, what, okay. which, what key would you like that right. play in? <laughs> and you do it. So the bartender really and I, great. because I always had the same bartender. His name was Chris. He's a great guy. Um, he uh, he was awesome. And, and finally we made a rule that on Fridays and Saturdays at like midnight, I think, we would do Piano Man, Tiny Dancer, Sweet Caroline. There were like five songs, and we did them at midnight, and we made it sure everybody knew. And that's what you, was happening. We're doing it at midnight. Do you want to, if you want to hear it, you come at midnight, because if you come in the other time, I ain't doing it. Right. Um, my boss at the time put a thing on the piano, and it was the tipping scale, and it said, for a dollar, I'll play your song tonight, sometime. Mm. For $5, I'll play it in the next hour. For $10, in the next 30 minutes. For $20, I'll stop the song I'm playing and play your song. Do you know how many people would tip me $20 just to hear me stop a song and play their song? I, oh my, I, I made tons of money off of that. I bet you did. did. But one night, one it. night there were these guys that came in and they were going to UNF and they were college students and this guy comes up and I still know him today. Um, and he said, do you have uh, any original stuff? And I was like, well, yeah, but nobody wants to hear it. And he pulls out $5 and he says, I do. And I played that song. Mm. And, um, then I was trying to keep the crowd and I played uh and I played this and everybody was like, What is this? This is new. You know, so it was something I'm like, okay, this might work. Oh, okay. I was gonna do another slow one, but I'll I'll do okay, I'll tell you what, I'll do the upbeat one, but then I'll do the slow one. Okay. Okay. So this is the other song, the second song that I played. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um we should have a code for that. We should have like a signal. Um, this is the song after I played uh, What Do I Have to Be? And then the guy said, do you have any other original stuff, something upbeat? And I said, well, yeah. And so this is the song that I played for that. All right. And, and this is this is the first song on my second album, off the, uh, the album uh, Better Late Than Never. This is called Journey of the Pilgrim. Welcome, right. Jay, back to the piano. All right, Jay, you're back on the ones and twos. Oh yeah, but this one rocks a little more than that. No, it's okay. You know, does it clip on something? I bought this on there. Yeah. <laughs> Here, how about this? I'm gonna come like that. There we go. Does that work? Okay. Can I do this with you? You're okay. I'm good. Okay. Let's get it. All right.
the world inside Knows that he must get there Doesn't know just why Twilight has to go Must be on his way To be inside to go Before the break of day
kind of professional for that. I'm a, no, that's serious thing. I'm not a pianist. I'm a piano player. Piano yeah, player. What's the difference? Well, obviously I was born in the eighties, uh, mm-hmm. but that was like my mom mm-hmm. got here in the seventies. So yeah. she was, she was just starting to get into mainstream music in the seventies. My mom was a yeah. really big disco fan. So I also had like the Donna Summer and, oh, you yeah. know, okay. and all that kind of stuff. So, like, let's uh, say, your rhythmics, so Annie Wilson say, yeah. or yeah, Annie Lennox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I love Annie. Yep. So um, like through my mom, that, and then into the eighties, cause that's when I got to explore. Cause my grandmother was very big into eighties. Mm-hmm. It's like Michael Jackson, uh-huh. um, Billy Joel. Like so all she, did you happen to see this past year's rock and roll hall of fame induction thing? Have you seen that at all? Um, I've seen it, but I haven't paid attention to it. So one of the biggest things of the night was that Dolly Parton was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. They had announced it, that she was nominated and she was like, no, 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 I'm not a rock star in the country. No, no, no. You're a rock star, you know? So she comes out and it's the, you, you need to go watch it because it's cool. She comes in one outfit and, and Pink inducts her, which I adore Pink. I love, I love Pink. Pink. And she does it and then she goes and changes. She comes in, she got on this like black patent leather outfit with red and, and silver gems. Her fingernails match, her guitar matches, and she goes, but on stage, Dolly Parton Rock. Well, her new album's coming out called Rockstar and she's got everybody and their brother playing on it. I mean, she's doing a cover of Let It Be and she's got Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr on it and Peter Frampton, who I do. Um, so she comes out and does this. Well, so on the stage, when they do, she does this song that she wrote for the thing, um, called Rockin' All My Life. Michael Jackson in the victory tour with the brothers. It was uh-huh. at the stadium and it, I was way up in the nosebleeds, but I, somebody had a ticket and I got to go and it was, it was insane. The, the, like I, I didn't become you know, a real big Prince fan. Um, I was never really big Prince fan. Oh, I'll see, say. I, well, it was only fan. because like, since I, my mom wasn't into it because, you know, yeah. English wasn't a real big thing in our household like that right, just right, yet. Right. Um, I didn't get to, like, be immersed in all that. So, like, and talking to some of my friends, now they're like, how are you black and you don't know this? I, know. Know. <laughs> I, know. I get that question all the time. Like, how are you black but and you don't know this? And I'm like, mm, I mean, funny story. They both, right? so in, you know, in the 80s, it was this thing, Prince fan, Michael Jackson. And I was kind of both, but I kind of leaned towards Prince. Because I like his content. I like what he was. So like my grandparents you know. identified with Michael Jackson. Oh, that yeah. Was, that was the oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was tough. They didn't identify with Prince right away. Well, so and my family, them. my aunt, and they, they all did because they grew up with Jackson 5. And mm. then when he comes out with um, Against the Wall, you know, that was, a, oh, this is the end of course, the thriller. Of and, course. you know, the first time I heard, uh, I heard Wanna Be Starting Something. I think that was the first song Wanna from that album. Something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like. Now I had already heard the other song that was from Uh Yeah. But then when Thriller came out and I watched so I mean I'm old enough that I I saw the premiere of of MTV and Mm -hmm. the first three videos, I know what they were. Um (laughs) nobody does, you know, they all think it's Um but I mean I you know, when when I remember it was gonna be a world premiere video, it was on a Friday night and they were doing it and it was seventeen minutes long and you're like, What is going on? But it was so cool. And here he does this um, this whole movie setup to get to the song. And, and here's, here's a piece of trivia for you. Vincent Price is on it. He does the narration, right? And in the middle part, the little rap that's in the middle part. Do you know why Vincent Price is in Thriller? No. Because Michael Jackson and Alice Cooper were friends. He'll see things in a new way, the way they should, you know, another way for them to be seen. 
And I think that's always valuable. We find different ways to see stuff. We're always on a journey. We're always on a journey. Always right? on a journey. And just when you think that it's over, a new one starts. A new one starts. starts you know, with the closing like of a door, another, mm -hmm. another open. one opens. And always. that's the whole thing about the song. And so, you know, it's one of my favorite pieces that I've written. You and there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Music Showcase featuring JD. Yes, and look out for part two also with him as he continues to talk about his music and his album. Um, live exclusive music on part two and part three. Thanks for listening to the Homegirl Club.